Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. I can't believe the Chargers whiffed on Tom Brady, but then snaked Chris Harris Jr. from me, Perna. The Broncos did reel in a big fish in Jarrell Casey. The Raiders consumed more Cowboys than Typhoid. The Chiefs, what did the Chiefs do? Seriously, what did the Chiefs do? Did they do anything? Is Andy Reid still in a food coma? Today, I will break down the Broncos' free agency and peek in at the rest of the AFC West and their moves. And I will roast the shit out of Chris Harris Jr. for leaving the Broncos for the Chargers. Way to sign with the Chargers, Chris. Home of the only receiver who doesn't want you carrying his jockstrap. I said Chris Harris can't hold my jockstrap. He said that's true. Watch the tape, man. Little does Keenan Allen know, Chris Harris Jr.'s nickname is Strap Harris. Why? Because he's going to carry your jock strap whenever the hell he wants. Roasted. Chris Harris Jr., smart enough to turn down the Raiders, too dumb to turn down the Chargers. Roasted. Chris Harris Jr. picked the one city where he will still see thousands of fans wearing Broncos jerseys at home games. Roasted. Chris Harris Jr. wanted to play for a winner and ultimately signed with the only team with the worse record than the Broncos last year in the AFC West. Roasted. Ah, oh, I love you, Chris Harris Jr. But, but the Chargers, Chargers fans, you better take care of him. He's a damn treasure here in Denver, so you take care of him and you show up to your stupid games and show him some respect. That's a good sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done, there's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. We shall start with the Broncos, and Denver got their big fish. Jarrell Casey, a run-stuffing, QB-smothering beast for the defensive line. Casey, who made five straight Pro Bowls, was given to the Broncos for a seventh-round draft pick because the Tennessee Titans needed to free up cap space. Casey will carry an 11.8, a 12.2, and a 13.8 million cap hit over the next three seasons. That's really good value for the Broncos, especially for a guy who balled in the playoffs. From Troy Rank on Twitter, Casey had two and a half sacks, eight tackles, three QB hits, and a forced fumble in the postseason. The Denver D-line starters now can Consist of Casey Jones and Percel. Oh, holy shit! Casey Jones, my favorite song about trains and cocaine. Driving that train, have cocaine. And my favorite Ninja Turtle character who uses cocaine. When do we get together and bust up skulls? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, and that will be the official slogan of the Broncos defensive line. Let's get together and bust some skulls. I love having Mike Purcell and Jarrell Casey on the same defensive line. My only question now is, how is Mike Purcell rated against the run by Pro Football Focus last year? Was it number one Tom Pelissero? 
Was it number one, Ian Rappaport? Was it number one, Adam Schefter? Check, check, and check. Jarrell Casey was rated 12th against the run for all players to play at least 20% of the snap, so that is a nice pairing of Purcell and uh, Casey. Mike Purcell was somehow rated as the number one run defender in the NFL, but simultaneously the 122nd best tackler on the defensive line. So shut the fuck up, Pro Football Focus. That is literally the most conflicting stat I've seen since Jameis Winston's touchdown to interception ratio. ratio. The Casey signing just proves that you should trade every pick after the fourth round. If you can get a five-time pro bowler for a seventh rounder, you could probably get J.J. Watt for a tenth rounder in the 1979 draft. Bill O'Brien would do that. Six foot two corner Devontae Bosby is coming back on a one-year deal per Benjamin Albright. We remember that former AAF superstar. Yeah, I think it's fair to call Bosby the Michael Jordan of the AAF, that he played pretty well in a few games with the Broncos last season before getting hurt. Uh, He's not going to start on the outside as long as Boye and Callahan are healthy, but he should provide excellent depth at the corner position. I still think we might see the Broncos grab a corner in the first or second round of the draft or a late free agency move. Amukamara is a guy we have said his name. Broncos to that he would go. Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris are officially free agents. Uh, if the Derek Wolf goodbye slash hype video doesn't convince John Elway to give Wolf a lot of money, nothing will. You gave me the home that I never had as a kid. You showed me love, and for that, I will always love you. To be clear, after posting that on Instagram, Wolf did tell Nikki Jabala that that is not a farewell video. Although he's always had a rocky relationship with her ever since my parents reenacted their fiery Twitter exchange. Excuse me, but what would you know about what I have going on? And I don't appreciate sarcasm. SMH. There was no sarcasm. And that's just what Vance told us. A stinker? Again? I miss you, Mom and Dad. Hopefully I can see you in real life again one day soon. And outside of tagging or tendering some of their own players, the only true free agent the Broncos have moved on thus far is Graham Glasgow. Glasgow has missed uh, just one game in his tenure with the Detroit Lions after being selected in the third round out of Michigan in the 2016 draft. Apparently, Jake Butt has vouched for Glasgow, his former Michigan teammate. And after the signing, the Broncos let uh, center Connor McGovern go, rescinding their initial offer to him so the New York Jets could give McGovern a three-year, $27 million deal. And it appears like the Broncos have made a solid upgrade on the line. McGovern wasn't bad, but Glasgow should give them a little more stability up the middle and pass protection. McGovern, of course, is an Irish name, but the Broncos wanted to get full Scottish and add Glasgow. Glasgow does have multiple DUIs, however, and that's about as Irish as it gets. He also replaces the accrued DUIs the Broncos lost when Matt Prater went to Detroit. So finally good to get those back on the books. Joe Flacco is set to become a post-June first release, basically like all of humanity after we spend the next two and a half months in quarantine. The weird thing is he can be a post-June first release but released today. But that will free up like $20 million for the Broncos to work with, which can basically be used to sign all of the rookies they draft, or me if they ever grow a set of real man balls. After fluffing you with good news, I have to blow you with bad news. John Elway. (laughs) 
and what may be his biggest mistake since hiring Vance Joseph instead of Kyle Shanahan traded Jano to the Cleveland Browns for a 2021 seventh round draft pick. The only way I will ever forgive John Elway in my heart of hearts is if he turns that seventh rounder into another Jarrell Casey. And now to honor Jano, I present 22 reasons the Broncos shouldn't have traded Jano while a Jano tribute video from Ryan Green plays in the background. Reason number one, Jano's big muscles. Reason number two, deer testicles. Reason number three. I asked him if he wanted a ring and if he knew that he was going to be the girl in the relationship. Jano's first carry was a fucking touchdown. Number five, he makes me miss Brock Olivo, arguably the worst special teams coach in team history. Love Jano. Love Jano. He's, Jano, Jano to me, my, if we had 22 Janos, we would be all right. Reason six, 17 other Jano reasons. I wasn't really going to go through 22. John Elway's approach to free agency has been interesting. He's basically opted for trades to take on players with cheaper contracts than you'd have to pay in free agency in a bidding war against the market. AJ Boye, Jarrell Casey, backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention he signed Jeff Driscoll uh, to a, a two-year deal. And Graham Glasgow. Nice haul so far for the Broncos. Moving on to the Chiefs. The Chiefs lose cornerback Kendall Fuller to the Washington Potatoes, which is where he played the first uh, two years of his career. Fuller and a third-round pick is what the Chiefs got when they sent Alex Smith to literally nearly die with Washington. Not sure why Fuller would want to return to an abusive relationship in Washington, though. Probably the weirdest thing I could say about a guy leaving the Chiefs. This move, though, is meaningless. Completely meaningless because the Chiefs uh, still have Patrick Mahomes on the roster. Kansas City restructured Frank Clark's deal. Uh, No, not his plea deal. They just converted some of his base salary to a signing bonus. Which begs the question, why not make the whole contract a signing bonus? I mean, I don't really know how the signing bonuses work. I got a C- minus in intro to business, but the math is refusing to math here. It is so mathy, not even new Raider Carl Nassib can help the Chiefs with their cap situation. When you go to the store and you buy something for 10 grand, that's $640,000. Speaking of the Raiders, they are the most sexually active team in free agency fuckfest 2020 in the AFC. FC West, making them also most likely to walk away with something they did not want to get. First, they signed quarterback Marcus Mariota, the former number two overall pick from the 2015 NFL Draft, as he goes to Vegas, where he'll be backing up Hoobastank bassist Derek Carr. Unless, of course, he steals that car's job. The Raiders upgraded their linebacking core with Corey Littleton and Nick... Kawasaki, I guess they are realizing that they need to get serious about covering the best tight end in the AFC West. Noah Fant. Throw in defensive end Carl Nassib, defensive tackle Malik Collins, safety Jeff Heath, and cornerback Eli Apple, and it's safe to say even the Raiders realized their defense sucked last season. Or maybe John Gruden and Mike Mayock just got bored after Las Vegas closed all of its casinos. Andy Reid said he refuses to take his Kansas City Chiefs to Las Vegas until the buffets reopen, but that's a ways out. Mark Davis, besides giving Mike Mayock the money to sign every player Jerry Jones can no longer afford, has noted he can personally feed all of Las Vegas with his P.F. Chang's reserves, which would last for the next 60 years. 
Corner Eli Apple and safety Jeff Heathbar make for the most delicious sounding secondary in the league, but neither play as sweetly as they sound. Pairing Carl Nassib with Max Crosby gives the Raiders the widest pass rushing duo in the NFL. Knowing Max Crosby's nickname is Mad Max, I can't really blame Mike Mayock after moving to the desert and trying to mold his defense in the likes of Fury Road. And of course, the Raiders made the biggest splash this offseason, signing Jason Witten to a one-year deal to add yet another former broadcaster to the organization, just in case Gruden, Mayock, and Witten have to call their own games due to the weird COVID-19 circumstances. Is it time to give Booger McFarland a call too? Maybe. Witten is the only free agent signing who runs a slower 40 time than Philip Rivers. Finally, it is the Chargers. The thing I will miss most about Philip Rivers are the gifts. So many great gifts. I have to remind myself Philip Rivers is not dead. He is just in Indiana. But is there a difference? Now, we have no idea who's going to start at quarterback in Los Angeles for the Chargers in their fancy new stadium that they are somehow going to try and fill with their own fans. But we know for sure that that is not Tom Brady and probably not Cam Newton. Whoever it is has the great new old tackle and Brian Bulaga to protect them. The Chargers are expected to stick with Tyrod Taylor as their starter and not sign or trade for a vet which I think is a wise move if they end up drafting a quarterback in round one, which seems likely, and they'll either be in a spot to grab Tua, Herbert, or Jordan Love. According to my wordplay report, they actually love Tua like Jordan and are hurting for Herbert and feel good about Jalen Hurts. Now, Melvin Gordon is still on the open market, as are most running backs not named Jordan Howard at, Howard at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon gets a deal that's slightly above Jordan Howard's, something like two years, $12 million. Right now, Melvin Gordon seems a little undervalued. He was maybe a top 10 back before his disastrous holdout, and I think whoever nabs him is going to get a steal for a guy that isn't going to break the bank. Running backs aren't a position you should break the bank for, but they're not worthless either. The running back market is stupid. Now, LA did manage to wrangle former Vikings defensive tackle Linville Joseph on a two-year $17 million deal. That's a very fair price for an older but well-rounded defensive lineman. Uh, like the Jarrell Casey move for the Broncos, I think this is one that people will notice is what I would say if anyone was going to notice the Chargers. <sighs> L.A. signed Chris Harris Jr. to put in the secondary with Casey Hayward, Desmond King, Derwin James, and other guy. That is a nasty secondary, but I find it odd that after Chris Harris grew frustrated with the Broncos' QB carousel, he chose the Chargers, a team who just needs to find a quarterback to be competitive. Harris infamously couldn't decide whether he wanted to play in the slot last year where he was the best or to follow the offense's best wide receiver and usually just made an excuse when it didn't go well. Basically, I'm looking forward to Harris putting the clamps on Deontay Spencer while Cortland Sutton goes for 180 and three touchdowns. And to make things even worse, the Chargers got Chris Harris Jr. for a pretty good price. Pretty good price. Now, L.A. quietly built the perfect team, adding Harris, Joseph, Belaga, and Turner. 
but were finally smart enough to not sit around while Philip Rivers did nothing like he did so many times before with an absolute beast of a roster. Maybe Justin Herbert can follow perfectly in his footsteps. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna. If you want to follow my writing partner at Guillermo Yaves on Twitter, you can. Especially if you love the Chiefs. Guillermo Yaves is a great follow for you. <laughs> this is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.